as songwriters, sometimes we do get in this habit of wanting to write a timeless song. Right. And there's so many times where it's more important to write a timely song. Yes. Like the Lord, how the Lord can use like a timely song, sometimes like in a moment, way more than he could use like this like timeless song that we want to sing for, you know, eternity. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Andrew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Hey, I recognize that tune. Happy New Year. Happy, happy, happy. Those are the lyrics. <laughs> the actual lyrics, guys. Those are the actual lyrics. Do you know the actual lyrics? Heck no. I don't. <laughs> you hear that song once a year. <laughs> at the stroke of midnight. That's it. New Year's Eve, or I guess New Year's Day by that yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. And uh, nobody knows the lyrics. No. Uh, but the people on TV do. <laughs> For whatever reason, <laughs> right. all That's of a right. sudden. Yeah. And there's no reason to know the lyrics, I, mean, I suppose, because you only hear it once. It's not like you're going to sing it throughout the year anyways. Somewhat like forgetting acquaintance or something. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I know. have no idea. I, I could know. look it up online. In fact, Why I bet bother? our listeners are listening uh, right now. They're they're going to. Screaming at them. They're going to they're gonna look online and <laughs> pretend right. they know it all. Say, oh, don't you know? Don't the you lyrics know are this. You These know? guys are morons. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. We are. But. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, it is a new year, and uh, that could be our new theme song. Please. Yeah. Please. I would love that. Between the grooves, the... Like whatever, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Be listening to James and Drew. Oh, dude, this is happening. This is totally <laughs> we happening. We can make it rhyme and everything. I love this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, before we uh, get to chat a bit more, just uh, let's let's uh, welcome everybody to the podcast. It's Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today, our guest, mm. Mac Brock, yes, uh, one of the founders of Elevation Worship, uh, now a solo artist. We're going to be chatting with him about writing, um, getting into the difference, I guess, from his perspective on being a solo artist versus being in a group worship yeah, setting. Yeah. Um, his, you know, talk a little bit about his background with Elevation, and he's, uh, he's starting something new with his family as well, foster care. That's so, right. That's uh, right. We'll chat a little bit about that. Uh, you'll recall Mac Brock. Uh, he's written songs like, Oh, Come to the Altar, Do It Again. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge, huge songs. Massive, he's man. He's led thousands in worship in arenas, stadiums, and auditoriums. So we're going to get to that amazing conversation with Mac Brock in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, what was Christmas like? I guess between the, the break between Christmas and New Year's, yeah. it's always different and right. and more so this time around <laughs> the pandemic. with the pandemic and, and whatnot. I mean, the, normally it's a break for a lot of artists, yeah. right? Yeah. Normally it's a time where you just kind of uh, recuperate after the Christmas rush because there's all these Christmas concerts happening and you're really busy up to and including Christmas, mm-hmm. and then there's a little bit of a of 
I guess, a break between Christmas and New Year's. Was was that the case for you as an artist? For me, actually, things ramped up, thankfully. So I wound up doing a lot of online Christmas services, um, a few that I produced myself, um, or I created content for other people's services. So it got quite busy, which was good because <laughs> I got to pay off those gifts, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So it was a busy, busy time. Lots of like live, like Facebook, Instagram live shows. Um, I'm now doing one like every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's been crazy busy, but in a good way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was interesting to see, um, specifically, you know, the Christmas oriented, um, themes, I guess, and, mm-hmm. and the online content, uh, from artists, whether they were, you know, paid events, you know, right. you, you pay some money to, to get access to it or just a free event. Um, I found that New Year's was a lot quieter. Yeah. In general, like that, not, I didn't see really much of anything as far as artists were concerned. Yep. In fact, even the, uh, social media content was, um, I'll say sparse yes. un- until several hours into the new year. Yes. Like the next day, then it's like, oh, happy new year. It's yes. like everybody took that time and was just, you know, spending time with their family, I guess, which yeah. is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, I found between Christmas and New Year's every, every Christmas or every year, I always, you know, I'm, I'm this, um, almost a workaholic where where I'm always getting uh, you know this list of things to do and and bet- before christmas every year I always have this list of things I'd like to do right. but I never do sure you know it's just sure. this 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 wish list of things that man if in a perfect world I'd like to be able to take on these you know two little or three little prod- projects or whatever yeah. this year I did the same thing where I had a couple of projects I wanted to do and this year I got them done and Thank I you. and I and I I for the life of me, I was trying to figure out, well, why was I able to do it this year and not in previous years? And I figured it out. COVID. Well, sort of, yes. The results yeah, of, yeah, yeah. lockdown and COVID, yeah. Like, you know, in lockdown situations where you can't go out and they and they suggest you don't go out and visit your family and this your friends, yeah. you know, normally it would be, well, on this particular day, we're going to go visit my my mom north of the city and that's going to be a day event and the next day you're kind of recuperating from all of that yep. and then the next day you're visiting another friend or a family member and then the next day you're recuperating well with none of that happening i had all this extra time exactly and so i was able to you know put to bed a couple of projects which is great it was it was things i'd always wanted to do and so in that sense it was great and still get the lots of rest and you know time with the kids and movie time and mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. that other stuff so it was it was great in that aspect that's amazing and maybe this year Uh-oh. christmas yes. will miss that hopefully i, I will <laughs> No, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, yeah, totally. yeah. hopefully we'll miss it in, in the sense that, oh, man, I wish we could, you know, be so laid back and carefree like yeah. we were, you know, last Christmas, yeah. you know. And but by the same token, we'll enjoy all the new stuff That's and, right. and the stuff that we have been doing in previous years that we weren't able to do it this That's year. Right. right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was it was uh, really, really interesting. And, and uh, I'm, I don't have any uh, negative things to say about it. It's good. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it yeah, was, yeah. it was just that great time of rest, and it was like, wow, all this time. You know, it just seems time. It, there was so much of it. This is it. You know, hey, did you get the email from uh, from uh, GMA Canada at all? Yes, yes. They uh, they were, I guess, just announcing that they are going to be doing the Covenant Awards online yeah, again this that's year. Right. That's right. Now I gotta say. Uh, I believe they were the ones that set the precedent 
for online's online awards last year. They were the first, to I my knowledge, they were. Yeah. that did that, and That's they right. did a phenomenal job. Yeah, they did. Um, and and to be out of the gate, determining that they're going to do that last year. Sorry, I, I'm laughing because I'm like, wait, wasn't that us that did an amazing job? Well, we did the we did the. <laughs> We did the promotion and the list, you know, announcing the nominees. Oh, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah. I'm talking about the actual awards. I'm like, wasn't that? Yeah, that was. We were good. We were really good. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Wow, we rock. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm talking about the awards That's show right. itself. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they were probably the first ones, to my knowledge, that yeah. did that. Uh, and. There were other ones like the Junos and and whoever else where they just kind of postponed it, right? And postponed it and postponed it. <laughs> That's right. Whereas GMA Canada said, "No, we're still doing it." That's and right. I don't even think they delayed it. I think this no. is it yeah. was the same weekend. That's this right. is what we're doing. Yep. It's going to be online. They were set. They did it. It was it was a they did a great job. Yeah. And I guess given the circumstances and the day and age that we're in uh, with the pandemic, and you know there is light at the end of the tunnel, but they determined, you know what? At this point, we are going to be doing it online once again. Again, which is great. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, the, the positive aspect is that everybody can attend, mm-hmm. you know, all the artists can attend versus in previous years when it's held in a, in a city, you've got to fly out. And so if you can afford it, you'll fly, you know, yeah. fly out, yeah. pay the hotel accommodations yeah. and however long you're going to stay. So this is a way that everybody can attend. That's right. Um, I personally like the in-person thing. I think there's oh, a, of course. you know, there's some great, um, uh, relationships that get oh, developed yeah. Yeah. and some great conversations that can be had. Having said that, you know, in the uh, day and age that we're in, I think it's it's great that they've decided we are doing it yeah, online this year. Right. And here's the date. Uh, it's in a few months, so we've yeah, got yeah, some time. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I think the, I think uh, that's exciting to see that they're uh, at least prepared and planning. That's good. So yeah, I think it's good. Artists and singer-songwriters and producers get ready. It should be a really, really good time. But that also means if you haven't released anything yet, you better do it now because that cutoff date, I'm sure, will be coming up pretty soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think we should get to our conversation. Let's do it. With Mac Brock. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, this guy is a phenomenal worship leader. Um, he was one of the founders of Elevation Worship. Mm. Um, he's written some great songs and... Uh, Without any delay, let's get to it. We're going Between the Grooves with Mac Brock. Drew, tur- Drew just uh, joined us. He had turned off his mic because he was taking off his leather, his co- sorry, he was taking off his cool leather jacket. That's right. <laughs> it was making too much noise. <laughs> too loud in the mic. <laughs> hey man, it's getting that weather. I'm about to bust mine out too. Right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. But in, in fairness, the, the leather jacket I'm referring to is not the uh, leather jacket to keep warm. It's the, not Drew, Drew. Why you gotta be so rude? No, man? it's, it's, I'm not being rude. It's, it's the, it's the cool black, hey, I'm a, I'm an artist jacket. I, I hate you so much. They, they can serve two purposes. Thank That's you, brother. True. Thank That's you. True. Thank you very much. Do man. you wear that jacket on stage, Drew? Uh, some I have a different I, I have a different jacket on stage. Oh, you've got a different uh, get up for yeah, yeah yeah because I sweat a lot on stage and so yeah, and you can't be making a lot of noise. It'll, the mic will pick it up. This is right. It. This is it. Full circle. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Was I hate both of you equally right now. <laughs> Hey, listen, great to connect with you, Mac. Um, You are one of the founders of Elevation Worship. 
And everybody, you know, everybody's a fan of Elevation, let me tell you, oh my gosh, especially yes. over yeah. the last couple of years oh, with man. with the phenomenal stuff they've been doing. Now, I, I'm just curious. I know you left Elevation and shortly afterwards you sh- you signed a record deal. Was the was the record deal on the table before you left Elevation? No, not at all. Um, you know, it was that was one of the things when when me and my wife felt like the Lord started kind of prompting our hearts of saying like, Hey, I, I think y'all need to step away. Yeah. Um, that was like a really scary thing for us, obviously, because we didn't know like what was around the corner, but um, it was really important to both of us to not try to figure out like what's on the other side of this before we were obedient. Mm. That makes sense. Like we, yeah. we it makes sense, to, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh it, yeah. It, it's hard. And it's kind of confusing, but, honestly like the lord gave us like so much peace in our spirit that i say it was hard to like step away but but i also say that like once you kind of get that peace and you kind of feel like you're very connected with like this is like what what the lord is calling us to do or asking us to do there does come like i don't know a lot of that like hard hardness or the or the worry kind of just like falls away a little bit um and so, you know, we, we had a lot of peace when we stepped out. And then after that, we were like, okay, now what? Right, right. <laughs> now, now what are we going to do? Yeah, it's really difficult to step out from your comfort zone. Yeah. 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 I love being comfortable. Yeah. 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 Same here. Nobody likes, we've talked about this, Drew, nobody likes change. No. But, but right. sometimes change is a good thing, but I hate it. <laughs> same right same. it's really hard for me i i like my routines i like getting in a zone um and i talk to my wife often about i think the lord knows that i could very easily idolize comfort right and and just my own comfort can become an idol quickly and i think he helps protect me from that often yeah that makes sense and and god has a way of doing that once in a while, like right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious, like, so, so, you know, being the solo artist versus kind of being part of a church collective like Elevation, how how has that been different for you, even creatively or, um, or otherwise? Has it been a massive shift for you these last little little bit, kind of being on a solo? Guy? Yeah, I, I would say the biggest shift is um, just the team aspect. Yeah, I really miss. And I really love like worship teams and I love like being on a team and not being, I I don't know. It kind of like goes against my nature to be like a solo person. Mm. Um, And so that's, that's been an, I don't know. That's just been like a, an adjustment for me of like changing that mentality where, where the name is like Mac Brock on the albums, you know, it's kind of like a weird thing for me, but I'll say that, throughout every project I've done, every song I've written in the last couple of years, it's still been like a team effort. Mm -hmm. It's just been with a lot of different types of collaborators now. And so I still feel like I'm surrounded by great people and and people that are like, we're all in this together. We're all like pouring into this together. It's just a little, you know, I do, I do love the worship team, church team aspect. And I do miss that. Hmm. I saw you. Um, I think you and Amanda. I, I'm friends with Amanda Cook. 
And mm. both of you guys were in Toronto. Love Amanda. Right. She's she's amazing. She's great. Yeah. You guys are in Toronto for uh with Hillsong. That's what I was thinking of. So you guys were in town opening up for Hillsong. And yep. uh um I was backstage watching Amanda set and and then I stayed for the first little bit of your set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder what it's like. And so I'm going to ask you, I wonder what it's like moving from, like, I know even Elevation, you guys did some touring, you guys did that thing, but is it different now um, leading worship as a solo artist doing these massive tours? Is that is that, is that a, a switch for you? Because it is kind of like, they're kind of here to see me, <laughs> it's a worship event, um, right. I'm carrying this on my own, like, not on your own, but you know, it gets different. Because you kind of are, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There, there is a lot of, um, you know, I I do remember the first time I like went on tour by myself. Yeah. You know, I felt immediately how bare, like even like the stage felt. Yeah, you know, because just like even on a Sunday morning, like I'm used to singing with several you know, several other like worship leaders on stage, we're all doing this together. And I immediately like felt that. Um, and it was just kind of a, okay, that's an adjustment that I need to make in just even my, the way that I lead, you know? Um, and, you know, going back to what you're saying, like, is it weird? Like it being like, it's like a worship night, but it's kind of like a concert. It's like this big tour. I've always felt uh, part of the, struggle I have with just even being like a solo artist is that I've always felt like I'm just a worship leader. That's like my calling. That's what I do. And I really wrestle with kind of like the artist aspect of it. And so even when I'm on like a tour or something, I feel like I'm pressing more and more into, Hey, we're just here to worship. Like, even though we're in this big room, even though like, I mean, Hillsong puts on like, I mean, they're a worship band too, but (laughs) they have like, one of the most unreal like production that no, I've ever for real. like every tour every tour is like amazing yeah. well and yeah. numerous numer- numerous uh, worship leaders as well L- yes oh, so yeah. many worship leaders and and they really create like such a worshipful atmosphere but the actual like production quality is also like top of the you know it's like it's at the top it's like kanye so, level man yeah <laughs> it really is yeah and, i can't believe you just brought up kanye I, I why to, why, why to, would you do to. that it's too easy it was too easy man it's too easy <laughs> but um but despite all of that stuff despite like the level of excellence from a production level we're still just there to worship and we're still just there to like kind of rest and and receive the presence of god and so i think i just keep leaning more and more into that every you know every tour i'm on every show i play that's awesome man that's good for for the fact you know the fact that you're a, a solo artist if i can use that term versus a worship leader I'll, although it, i guess it 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 means the same thing for for what i'm about <laughs> to ask you um but previously when you were with a group and you had multiple worship leaders if things go awry if things go bad um you can spread the blame <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and yeah. and if things don't go entirely as planned when you're a solo artist, uh, you know, I mean, ultimately you have the ultimate responsibility for all this stuff. Um, that must be a little stressful. Are you are you asking if I'm worried that I'm going to show up on the worship fails Instagram? You're already there, bro. You're already there, man. I saw. No, we're gonna we're gonna take a look right after and see <laughs> yeah. if you made it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's definitely it. It definitely there is like a different. I don't know if pressure is the right word, but but you're just more aware of it. 
right. you know, even when I was on staff, you know, and kind of like on a team like Elevation Worship, I, I probably had like the worst, just even like vocal habits hmm. where I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about like protecting my voice as much. Or I wasn't thinking about, um, I don't know, vocal warm ups. And I think that that was just even subconsciously because like, kind of know like, oh, if something goes wrong. Like I do have other people to fall back on. And it was, I mean, that's kind of like a selfish way of thinking, but that I think was just like, I don't know, subliminally like in my mind or subconsciously in my mind to where as soon as you take that away, you're very aware of like protecting your voice or you're very aware of like, all right, if I, you know, if, if I get sick or if something, you know, then there's, there's no safety net. You know, and so that's that's definitely like something that I become more aware of. I'm a little curious, too, on uh, when you are on tour, which is um, something that hasn't happened in quite a while, I'm sure. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Um, Do you have consistent band members with you or does that evolve based on the venue or, you know, the location, uh, you know, the, the city that you're in? Yeah, I have, I have consistent guys that play with me, and that that goes back to what I was saying. Where I still feel like I'm I'm a part of a team. Right. I still feel like I'm collaborating with, you know, people that are in this together. Because I, I have a lot of the same guys that travel with me from you know different events or whatever. There are a lot of times though that if it's not on a tour, but it's just me like going to lead worship at a conference or a church or something, that I'm just leading with their team. You know, and I'm just kind of coming in and being a part of like what they're doing. Uh, And so that's, I don't know, that's something that I actually really like. And I like getting to do that. I like getting to spend time with other worship teams Mm. just across the country and seeing what they're doing and seeing how they operate. Do you, when you, when you do that in a church, are you going like in advance and spending some time like the day before, you know, in a training seminar or, or that sort of thing as well? Sometimes not so much like a training, but, I, but I will get there, you know, just to kind of spend the day, like, like rehearsing or whatever, you know, and be present for the rehearsals because when I do get to do, get to lead with like churches, worship teams and stuff like that, I really like, uh, I like that I can, I don't know, maybe deposit something a little more into their mm-hmm. team. Right. And, and it's not just me coming in, leading worship and like dipping out, but it's, getting kind of like, I don't know, in, involved in what they're doing and, and maybe help in any way that I can to like steer them into like, uh, I don't know, just being better or, you know, challenging them in the way that they might be approaching something or, or just even being inspired myself by how they do stuff. So I'm a little curious too, uh, you know, when you, when you go into these churches and, and I'll, I'll relay something that happened to me, this was a number of years ago, I was singing backup for uh, a Promise Keepers event. And what happened was whoever the worship leader was for, you know, Promise Keepers US or whatever, uh, they would fly up the weekend of this event. Now this was a pastor's event. It wasn't, you know, one of the big, you know, conferences or something. This was a lot smaller. Um, And basically what happened was a few weeks in advance this guy sent up the set sent the set list and the charts and everything else and this is this is the way everything was going to run uh so there was minimal time required for rehearsal um yeah it seemed to me to be a little too 
cookie cutter, if I can say, but I understand yeah. this guy was traveling from place to place all the time doing these things. Right. And so he didn't really have any alternative except to say, this is how we do things. Do you do yeah. the same thing when you're going into a church when it's just yourself, not, not band or anything, but just yourself? Do you do the same thing or is it more laid back and carefree, not, not, <laughs> not disorganized carefree, carefree but, right. but more carefree to, to allow the church to have their style? Yeah, I'm, I'm a person that really likes to plan. I like to prepare. Yeah. And I feel like that's what allows me to go off script better. Mm-hmm. And so I would rather, usually what happens for me is I'll, I'll send like, this is the set list that I'm thinking. It's usually, I mean, it's collaborative even with like the worship pastor at the church or whatever, or it's a conference, you know, with the leaders to say like, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I try to, you know, I want to bring it all in. To, to make sure that we're serving the event, we're serving the church, serving the pastors as best we can. And so it is kind of collaborative in that sense. And then, you know, when we get there, uh, it usually is like, this is the plan. These are the songs. This is how we're going to do it. And then if we need to go off script, <laughs> we're available. Like, right. we're all like willing to do that. But I do like to, I like to be more prepared, everybody on the same page. And then if something changes or if we need to like flow or if we need to go, you know, if the Lord's doing something and we got to change up what we're doing, we're able to kind of pivot from there. But I do like to have that kind of foundation set. Yeah, as like a good like a, as like a good launching pad. I like what and you said about the other thing. Go for well, it. What I was going to say is is that's that's the one thing like going into churches where I'm playing with their team, it is a little bit harder to flow or harder to, you know, because I don't know. I can't tell them like, just read me, just read my body language. Cause <laughs> right. they don't know me. That's the first time that they're like playing with me right. as opposed to where if I'm traveling with my guys, my band, they can kind of go with me wherever, you know, and they're ready for it. They even just like, know like the way that <laughs> I might be like moving my hands. They're like, oh, okay, this is where we're going to go. Uh, and so that's, that's like a little bit of like a tricky part, but I don't know. We figure it out. I like what you said about preparing so that you can change or adapt. And if you have musicians, skilled musicians that have rehearsed and practiced mm-hmm. the songs, you know, getting all the chords correct and all the you know the tempo and everything else, uh, if they've done that enough and now you show up on the scene, they they have the flexibility to adapt and change as well because they already know all that stuff. Yeah, because they're not so focused on trying to remember how to play the song. Right. It's, it's more like a second nature thing. And man, it, it drives me crazy when some worship leaders are like, I'm just going to get up and just see like what the Lord like wants to do. And they don't prepare anything. Yeah. Like that feels like, um, to me, that's always felt like a laziness disguised yeah. as like hyper spiritual. That's right. You know, I, w- right. I would rather say like, let's plan, like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to go. And then if the Lord like wants to change that, or if like we feel in our spirit, like, Hey, we're supposed to scrap all of that. We can do that, but let's not do it out of, because we don't want to prepare. We don't want to, we don't want to like get things ready. And so exactly. no, they, they just want to let the spirit lead, oh you know, my gosh. come on. <laughs> right. Oh, <man>. right. 
I'm sure you heard it. Any argument can be won with a scripture. You know that. Yeah. Either way. Exactly. That's right. Eh? Exactly. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you... Uh, this, okay, it's a dumb question. I, even as I'm about to ask it, I'm like, this is a stupid question. But, but um, okay, so I, I don't. Neither can I. Yeah, I know. I know for myself, when I. Oh, this is so. I'm, I should just. Let's delete that. No, I'll say it. Um, even for myself, when I think about writing for my own home church versus writing for like. Um, like a, a, a song for the larger church or a song for radio or whatever, I yeah. sometimes. I I switch my voice a little bit, so I write a little bit differently, even though I don't need to. Even though if I'm writing for mm. my, like it's either way, I'm writing for the church with the, with the capital C. But for some reason, yeah. I write um, with a different intention when I'm writing for my home church versus when I'm writing for sort of a larger audience, which is a really yeah. dumb habit. And that's why I'm like I shouldn't ask this question because it's my dumb habit. <clears throat> um, do you, has that ever been a thing for you? Well, you're asking him if he's yeah, ever done something dumb. Dumb. Come on. That's why I didn't want to ask. This, this is why. Now you understand. Now you get it. No, I actually, I actually think that that's a great question. It's something that I've actually talked about before because ha! I ha! do think vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I I think that um, you know, as songwriters, sometimes we do get in this habit of wanting to write a timeless song. Right. And there's so many times where it's more important to write a timely song. Yes. Um, and that was something that a, a guy that I look up to a lot, Lee McDermott, yeah. he's uh, one of the pastors at New Spring Church. He, yep. he told me that years and years and years ago. And it stuck with me because that's such a great, that's such a great point. Like the Lord, how the Lord can use like a timely song sometimes like in a moment way more than he could use like this like timeless song that we want to sing for, you know, eternity. And, and a great example of that, that I like to use is when we were first starting at Elevation, uh, you know, we were writing a lot, writing very specifically like for our church. And the very first song that kind of left our church and went out into, you know, a larger scale is a song called Give Me Faith. Oh, yeah. And that song that song was written because we had a series called Give Me Faith. It's like a four-week series. And we were like, we need to write a song for this series for our church. Mm. And it was such a good picture of me, of a picture to me of we wrote a specific song for a season for our church. And the Lord still like took that and breathed on it and kind of sent it out. Wow. Whereas that's a lot different than if we were like, we want to write a song for the, the world. Let's, you know, and we, we try to do that. And so I, I have gotten in that mentality. I know what it's like to write, like, all right, I want to write that song that everybody wants to sing, but I do feel like I'm more challenged when I write from like, this is what I feel like the Lord is telling me right now for the people in my circle. Yes. This is what I want to say, you know? Yeah. And the Lord, and the, and then the Lord can like, he can, he can do whatever. And he can move and he can take a song that you wrote for a specific sermon, you know, or a specific week and still kind of breathe into it and, and take it out. I've, I've heard of that where, you know, where someone has written a song and it's it's been for the local church and it's been, you know, whether it be um, relating to a specific sermon or a series, uh, but it was the song for that local church at that time. 
uh, birthed from that church. Yeah. And then, you know, a year later, two years later, it, it grows and starts getting passed along. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that is, you know, five years later, it's now this big hit and it's like, well, that's, that's an old song. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an right. old song, right? Yeah, which exactly. is, which is, which is hilarious yeah. in a sense, because you just talk about timeless, timeless music. Well, there's something timeless right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Yeah, like I, I fully believe in the power of you know writing and creating for your local church for your community. I think that's that's just the way it goes. And just it's funny, so how, right? And it's so funny how like sometimes your brain just goes, yeah, it wants to write something timeless. I'm like, that was to- man. What Lee said is totally right. Timely Trump. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Timely wins every every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're getting political now. Yeah, okay. sorry, I didn't mean. Oh, but yeah, it just it just feels like um, the the, uh, the 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 good avenue to take when it comes to creating. Sure. Yeah. 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 Now, having said that, though, Mac, would you uh, have you ever had situations where you've written a song or co-written a song and you just kind of knew deep down that this was the song, this was going to be a big hit? Man, um, honestly, I don't I don't know if I've ever written one that I was like, this is going to pop, you know, like this is going to be the one. I'll say that um, there have been songs that I've written that like, like the very first time we did do it again at our church. I don't think when we were writing, do it again. I didn't think like this song is going to be like massive for our church, but the very first time we did it and the first time we led it, I felt a power in it that I was like, this is, this is special. And, and we're going to like ride this wave. And and I'm really like excited about like what's going to happen with this song. Um, but usually, I don't know when I'm writing, like in the writer's room or even like demoing it out, I feel clueless. (laughs) Like (laughs) this is going to be good. This is going to be bad. You know, who knows? (laughs) Well, the flip side to all of that though, I mean, the next obvious question would be, have you ever had a song you thought was going to be massive and it just, it just never went anywhere? Oh, I have plenty of those. (laughs) 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 Definitely, Definitely have plenty of those. You see? You could put an there album together, the, the Lost Hits of Mac Brock. There it is. <laughs> right. There it is. <laughs> right. Or, or I have plenty of songs that I just thought were amazing, and, and the moment that I played them for somebody else, I'm like, oh, shoot, I've made a bad mistake. <laughs> and I was like, eh. <laughs> This song is not very good. <laughs> right. Yeah. But at least you were able to recognize that. That's a good, that's a good right. quality to have. <laughs> Most people don't have that. That's right. Right. I can sing. No, honestly, I can sing. No, you can't. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> can we uh, can we change gears a little bit yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really interested, uh, Mac, uh, to hear about fostering. Oh. Now you've yeah, you've got you've got foster kids, correct? We have one foster son that's that's been living with us uh, since July. Okay. Wow. And is this uh, has this become like a lifestyle for you guys? Like, uh, have you had other children, or is this just a one? You know, you just you kind of just started this, this whole. Is our, yeah, this is our first foster placement. We just got licensed um, back in the spring, kind of like right when the pandemic hit. Right. Um, it's something that was kind of like you know, on my wife's name is Meredith. It was on our heart, uh, me and Meredith's heart, for a while, and about a year ago now, you know, it's November now. About a year ago, we started the process of getting licensed. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
when you ask if it's a lifestyle, like that's our goal. That's our dream. Um, we're kind of a little bit at the mercy of like, we don't even know where the end of this process will go, you know, with our current foster son and we're not even sure how long we're going to have him or, uh, you know, what that'll look like, but we're kind of walking in it. I guess the best thing that I could say is like, so far in my experience, like fostering very much is like a day to day, you know, lamp into your feet, like right in front of you, not like lamp into your next six months, you know, right, right. you don't know like what, what it's going to look like. Um, but day to day, it's been like really, really special. It's been an awesome experience for us and for our kids. Uh, yeah, we've loved it. How how have your kids adapted? Because that's a complete change for them as well. Man, that was that was the thing that I was probably most worried about. I think me and my wife are both like, we can handle a baby. We can you know we can do whatever we need to do, shift our schedules, make it work. I was a little bit nervous about you know just even like my daughter who's five, who's always been the youngest, always been kind of like the cutest in the family. Like, how is she going to handle sharing the attention now? Um, but it has been such a, it's been such a gift to us to see my daughter's name is Cyrus and my son's name is Harvey and to see Harvey and Cyrus, like attach themselves to, you know, our foster son and, and help and be active with him and be very like just loving to him. That's been, uh, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but that's been like such a gift to just even see cause we didn't know what to expect. That's awesome to see. It's awesome to see something yeah, like that it's happen. Yeah, been amazing. I've I've got two kids. Drew has two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter is the youngest, but she's sixteen now, and she still uh, wants to be the youngest and the cutest. <laughs> and every any time my wife sees a little baby, oh, how cute is that baby? You know, you, my daughter just kind of slides right in there, saying, "Well, what about me?" And <laughs> like th- this whole jealousy thing happens. That's awesome. And, man. and it's it's I, I, it doesn't matter how old she is; she's been doing it since she was young. And and you know, w- once in a while, we'll tease her and say, "Oh, we should we should have another kid." You know, I mean, obviously yeah, we're not yeah, going yeah, to, but yeah. we should have another kid. And, and you should see how upset she gets. It's hilarious. <laughs> our family, our family, definitely like dotes over Cyrus like all the time she gets she gets plenty of that as well but but it's been really cool to just even see them you know interact with with our foster son and I don't know we, we at least in our experience you know both me and my wife have like odd jobs that the schedule's kind of hectic it's it's all over the place it's not like a normal you know you go to work you come home and so we were really nervous like what's this going to look like with you know, inserting, inserting a foster kid, you know? And one of the things that has been really cool just to see in our marriage, when we look back at our marriage, that anytime like we've been obedient and said yes to like what the Lord was telling us to do, he has always stretched our bandwidth Hmm. to make it doable. You know, he has always, that's not to say that we haven't been stressed or we haven't had seasons of like chaos and like, man, I don't know if we can handle this. Definitely had those, but for the most part, he's matched our yeses with like supernatural bandwidth in our, you know, what we're capable of doing. If that makes sense. Um, and so even that, even seeing like the last, you know, I don't know, five, six months that we've had, that we've had him, it hasn't been like overwhelming. It's been an adjustment, 
we've had to make adjustments, but it, it's been doable. And it's been like, yeah, we can handle this. Our kids can handle this. We're like in it, you know? And that's been really cool to see too. 20 years ago, the expression stretched your bandwidth wouldn't have made sense. Nobody would have a clue what you're talking about, but <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Um, you are, um, if I understand correctly, you're going to be touring very soon with Brian and Katie Torwald. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I know everything's up in the air. We we ran into them, I guess it was a little over a year yeah. ago, Drew, yeah. um, at the Covenant Awards mm-hmm. in, it was in Edmonton. Yes, that's right. Um, and... Uh, they had done a set uh, during the awards night or, or whatnot, and as they were before the thing ended, um, I I'd said to Drew, "We, we got to get them on the show. We got to get them on our on our uh, podcast." And um, and so as things are ending, I, I I see them trying to sneak out, and I and I I got in front of them. And of course, you, now you, they're you stuck. Harassed them. You yeah, harassed I, them. I did. I did yeah. harass them. Yeah. And, yeah, and we right. were we were geared up to chat with them the next day. And right. then, unfortunately for us, but fortunately for them, um, they had some family come into town, and so they they boycotted. No, they didn't oh. boycott. They they canceled <laughs> on us, and we've been trying to get them ever since. But um, they are they are awesome as well. The question and is like, they, what did, what did you do to them to make them cancel? Because obviously <laughs> it was a you thing. Like, well, obviously I I shouldn't have bombarded them as soon as the yeah, thing ended, right? Exactly. It's like they so were thanks. trying to sneak out, and yeah. now they're stuck, yeah. right? So thanks, dude. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> they, it's all my fault. Brian and Katie are two of like my favorite people on the planet. They are, and they are when I've gotten to like lead worship and like just be on stage with them, it's, it's one of my, I don't know. They're just some of my favorite people to lead worship with the way that they, I mean, one, their songs are amazing. They're incredible songwriters, but they are so like in tune with like what's happening, like in the room or on stage and with each other and with each other for sure. And and with each other. It helps their marriage. (laughs) And so it's just, it feels like, I don't know. It's like leading with them feels very, it's just such a nat- like you just feel like you're like at home like it's like oh, such a natural so there's no like awkwardness or weirdness it's just like everybody's kind of on the same page it's really special so i'm hoping you know we're we're trying to tour together it keeps getting postponed and rescheduled and we're just kind of you know i think everybody's in a holding zone right now yeah 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 i got to say i love Katie's voice oh my gosh yes she is amazing. phenomenal oh. <laughs> me too Especially when oh, I, I mean, give Brian, I give Brian a hard time because I think Brian's voice is like unreal, and the way that he sings is like so good that I'm like, man, I'm just bummed that you're just always right beside Katie. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. His voice is like in a different stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, she's yeah. got such control, and then and then she'll you know she'll sing very you know softly and and whatever and then she, and then she belts it out and it's like whoa i wasn't expecting power, that yeah, yeah. that's even better than it was yeah. you know? so much power yeah yeah, yeah. yeah she's so, incredible and and what i like about them and this isn't about them of course but what i really like the fact that they're the fact that they're married it's like it's like when you have siblings together and they create a a group together they sound phenomenal because they 
they know each other so intimately and right. their voices blend well together. And, and I can say the same thing about a married couple when they're in ministry together. Uh, they, yep. they do it so well. Like there's, there's, it's flawless. You know what I mean? Like Millie They're Vanilli. So in sync, yeah. <laughs> like Millie Vanilli. Like Millie Thanks, Vanilli. Right? Millie yeah. Vanilli. Yeah. That's right. exactly what I was going to say. Do you know what I'm saying? They blend so well together. Their voices are just Well, so... they should win something for that. They should win something for that. They should get an award or something. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> I cannot believe you just brought up Millie Vanilli. I'm on fire today, but they, baby. But they did sound good. Millie Vanilli did sound good, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> They did. I mean, they're good. Like, it sounded incredible. Whoever sang yeah. on that was pretty good. I can't right. remember who whoever was. they were, <laughs> whoever, whoever the singers were. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> now that that raises an old a whole other conversation when you talk about musical groups, and this is unrelated to you, Macob, whatsoever. But but um, the the business of music yeah. and how. Um, an organization, I guess, if you want to call it that, can create something like that and get away with it. And what's the Pretty big wild. what's the yeah. big um band out of Taiwan or or like uh like right now? Oh, yeah, like yeah. BTS? BTS. Yeah. I mean, that's a machine. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that yes, that's it is. that's a company that owns them. <laughs> it really is. And <laughs> it's and crazy. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, maybe that's what needs to happen in North America where an artist um gets owned by a company. <laughs> like they they work for this company. It's not not you know, forget the record label deal. I'm talking about, you know, I can own shares in your company. Wow. I want to own shares in Mac Brock's company. <laughs> right? Cuz if you're successful, you I'm talk. successful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, All of that for Millie Vanilli. Thing, it's funny because uh, that was such a crazy scandal, you know, like yeah. even like for them to do concerts with like pre-recorded tracks. Yep. And now that's like kind of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. pre-recorded tracks. That's absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking recently about that whole scandal with Millie Vanilli. And I, and I thought, you know, how are we to know how many artists out there are doing that right now well yeah, they were just the ones that got caught exactly who knows yeah because when you talk about the you know pre-recorded tracks that play at a concert with somebody can, you, they could be lip-syncing the majority of their songs you, you would never know yeah well multi-tracks is is doing that Helping churches Church. all over, yeah, that's know, right. all over the world. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, worship was phenomenal this morning. It sounded great. It was so full. <laughs> right. yeah, it was, Thanks. It was yeah. Tracks. That guitar player sounded great. It was awesome. It was a, it was a track. Pretty amazing. Like I, I'm the massive fan of multi tracks. And, and same. One of the things because I get a lot of, um, you know, when I travel to churches and stuff like that, a lot of people are like, "Aren't you nervous going in and playing? You don't know how the musicians are, all that." And and one. I think like having like organizations like multi-tracks and just resources like multi-tracks, not only is it like helpful because it, it fills out the sound, but it's also, I, I really think like it's helped the musicianship mm -hmm. across, you know, across churches. Like most musicians that I meet at churches are good. Like they're good. Yeah. And they, and they, and they do well. And I think it's because like there are so many like resources out there to help train guys and to help kind of push guys. And, and so I don't know, but I, I feel like from a mu musical standpoint, the church is in like a really good place. I fully like, agree. You know, so many musicians have like stepped it up over the last like several years. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think my only concern with the whole tracks issue is when oh, it becomes boy. a crutch. Agree. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, I think that the best, you know, best use is this, if it's to help, you know, either a deficit that you have right. on your team or, you know, or if it's just to kind of like help the sound be fuller or better. Um, you know, I, I definitely know that you can lean into it a little bit too much. And then if you try to go off script with a song or like flow and it goes down to just like the, <laughs> the only musicians that are on stage. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a, there might be a pretty big gap. That's right. Uh you do it you do it gradually. You just kind of start fading. You need, <laughs> that's you, right. You, that's you right. gotta you gotta make sure you got a good sound guy. <laughs> yeah, that's for right. sure. Make it sound real. Oh man. Do you guys remember the what's that uh what Ashley Simpson I think played on SNL? Yeah. Yeah. And her tracks like <laughs> That was brutal. Right? It was brutal for I her. Remember that. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah. uh, and you feel bad for somebody like that, but how many other people have done it on Saturday Night Live? Right. And it's a thing. It's right. a, it's a common thing. And just yeah. like that one time you just screwed up. Yeah. But it's a common yep. thing to play with tracks. And where she is, where is she now? I don't know. But I felt really bad well, for her. Well, that's that's my point. Yeah. Where is she now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, oh, man. I mean, even even I've watched, um, you know, the concerts at uh, the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh! And it, and and right. it's funny because because I know that they're there a few days in advance to quote unquote rehearse, and I've actually looked at the footage thinking, wow, like the video portion of a lot of the video portion of what we're seeing on screen has been pre-recorded. And and I saw yeah. that, and I saw that because I I, I, want, I forget who the artist was, but I, ha- I saw one of the backup singers or whatever, you know, do a slight trip, and and then when they cut away to the recorded version, um, they were fine, like just little subtle things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, or the smoke or the special effects yeah, and everything yeah. else, and 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 I could usually. I'm not saying I'm amazing at this sort of thing because I'm not certainly an expert, but yeah. but looking at the footage, I can usually pick out what is live and what's being pre-recorded huh. on the video portion as well. Right. Yeah, the yeah. whole music doesn't matter because it's a track, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, as yeah. long as you're in sync with the track, the pre-recorded video coverage and the live coverage, you could just flip back and forth and nobody would know. Right? Huh. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a show. That's not worship. That's a show. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's a different kind of worship, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but you feel bad for the people that have something happen to them and it's not their fault. I mean, yeah, you, you feel that totally. even with, even if, you know, say, Mac, you're in a church and you're you're leading and something screws up, like, you know, you got to. Oh, yeah. I, I remember in my church way back when we had a power outage and like oh, the power's gone. Like, been what do there. you do? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Or we had a situation. I mean, that goes back to that goes back to what we were saying about that worship fails. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's like right. It's full of like Ableton fails. That's right. <laughs> you know, or or you know, just something gets gets wrong. And uh, I know for me, that's like that is hyper stressful, and it's like very chaotic, and you feel like awful. I do, I do think like that goes back to what I was saying earlier is like, if you're prepared and you've kind of locked in, like, you know what you're supposed to do, or you know, the songs well, or you know, the set and the flow and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. If you're like, if that's like kind of ingrained in you to where you're prepared, when something goes wrong, you can quickly recover. You know, if your mind is so focused, there've been times like where I didn't know a song super well, you know, that I was leading. And those are the times that I'm like the most stressed out or the most like, 
eyes glued to the lyrics in the back of the room or something like that, you know, and you're not leading out of, I don't know, one, you're not leading out of like confidence, but Mm -hmm. but two, you're not leading out of like, what is God doing? Like what, what, where is he wanting to go right now? Cause you're so focused on what, what's the next lyric or what's the next chord that I'm supposed to play. That's why I kind of like hammer in, like be prepared, like know, know your stuff going in so that it is kind of like second nature. And then like, if something goes wrong, you know, <laughs> if the Ableton cuts out, you lose the click, whatever it might be. I always tell like my guys, whoever I'm playing with, like, Hey, if something goes wrong, just like shut it down. And let's like, like, let's keep going. Like, let's uh, not get so hyper, like focused on like, man, that was a big mistake. That's embarrassing. I'm like, let's like kind of re- <laughs> regroup, follow my lead and we'll get through this. You that's know, right. that's right. I think I think sometimes the worship fails can be a great experience. Number one, to see how you adapt. But also, like, I think back, uh, we had a conversation, and I think, Drew, I think it was Hannah Kerr way back when, like mm. right in our first season. Uh, and she was talking about being in a small little church to lead or, or perform a song or two or whatnot. Uh, and I believe, if I recall correctly, there were people from the record label there. Like, this was a big deal for her because I guess she was going to get signed or whatever, and this was her test, if you if you want to call it that. Mm. And there was a power outage, and she had to do everything acoustically. Probably one of the most phenomenal experiences special. she ever yeah, had. Yeah, probably super special. Yeah, yeah. And, and can you imagine how special it would have been for the people there as well, right? right. Like, right. you're not relying yeah. on this big production of music and big band necessarily, and, and sometimes those those moments, those intimate moments are, are amazing. Mm-hmm. But she was able to do that because she knew, yeah. <laughs> you know, she knew the songs or yeah. she knew how to lead a moment like that, mm-hmm. uh, not reliant on tracks and not reliant on, you know, the perfect best case scenario. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so Ma- uh, Mac, your worst worship fail, I mean, do you care to share? Um, probably, probably one of the most embarrassing ones is I was leading at, worship together conference yep um this was a couple of years ago and i was leading it was like a, a couple of us on stage chris mclarney um a handful of other like worship leaders it was like a really powerful like moment of worship and one of the other guys was leading um surrounded yep you know and and so we kind of like we had like honestly it was just like spirit fell down everyone's just like in this like zone and we're just kind of like resting in the spirit and resting, just kind of like flowing, very intimate, very chill. And then we were starting to play resurrecting Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's one of those moments where you just kind of like are seamlessly going into it. And I could not for the life of me remember the first, verse of oh, resurrecting no. oh, <laughs> I've led that song you know hundreds of times and I just had to <laughs> like I totally had to just like take us out of the moment and be like I'm so sorry but, no, but I'm gonna need y'all but that's, I'm gonna need someone else to start this song no but that's when you go to the chorus that's when you go to the chorus and sing that over and over again until <laughs> yeah, you, you remember it you know I will say real quick yeah, basically yeah. being in a room full of worship leaders they all can relate to that. That's right, right. (laughs) There was a lot of grace in the room. I was at a concert in Toronto with, I'm not going to say who the artist was, and uh, they... 
it, they, they were into a smaller set, or sorry, a, a softer, slower set. And I don't know what was going on with the sound, but there was a leak in the sound. There was, you could hear the click track. Oh yeah. Oh, and and I don't know if the sound guy could hear it because it happened through the entire song. Like I would, I would be looking at that. Like worst case scenario, just unplug that channel mm. or something. But maybe the sound guy didn't hear the click track, or maybe it was so. That's really maybe, bad when when something is so obviously wrong, but your team doesn't notice that it's wrong. Yes. Right, because you're wearing your in ears <laughs> and stuff, rough. and you can hear it, but you know the audience isn't supposed to hear it. And I just I felt so bad for for the artist, and I don't know how many other people picked up on it they might have just thought this this is a cool little you know uh sound effect that we're adding for the drums or something i don't know like because i know what i know what a click track is a lot of our listeners and and people that listen to this podcast would know what a click track is but for many other people when they heard that maybe they didn't clue in i don't know hopefully they didn't at elevation this is years ago we used to do i'm actually not even sure if they still do it but we would do uh point to point worship where we would lead we would kind of sync all the campuses together yep. and, you know, kind of the worship leaders from like the, the broadcast campus would actually be going to all the campuses. Yep. And so this is like the first year that we started doing that. It was like a big deal, all new to us. The technology was really new to us. And it was our Christmas Eve service <laughs> where, you know, if y'all have been at, at churches and stuff, Christmas Eve, you're doing like, I think we were doing like seven, eight, services something like that it's <laughs> just kind of like back to back to back you know uh and the tech something was going on with the point to point to where just every service we were like losing the click and just kind of having oh. to plow through it and figure it out but it was it was to the point to where like i'm in the green room like with the band trying to pump them up before every service be like hey guys we know we're about to step into a train wreck. <laughs> like, it's happened every service. We know it's going to happen again. <laughs> Let's just, just talk about like trying to get boost morale oh, when you know you're stepping into something where it's going to be awful. Oh, but that, we that, survived and we got through it. <laughs> that's when you get the keyboardist to just play strings or something because there's no there's no beat with that, right? You yeah. can follow along. It was just it was so like everything was like so in sync, you know, like all the different songs that's why what we couldn't even like go off script we were just kind of like all right we're just gonna have to put our heads down and push through right <laughs> and get through it oh man that's when you see true talent seriously <laughs> right yeah yeah well we could go on and on about worship fails i'm sure but <laughs> we can't leave on a negative note matt <laughs> having said that mac thank you very much for joining us today <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, it was great to oh, chat with so you. Good. Really appreciate your time. And do you got anything else, Drew? No, man. But you know what? I will say this. I, I've been following you um, and, and Elevation, but like you right from the very beginning. You stalker. The stalker. Total, yeah. Huge stalker. Huge stalker. And I've been really, really not just... Um, I just appreciate your work in terms of songs I can use in my church, but I just appreciate like your creative gift, even as a producer. Um, and, uh, and as I was a writer, like you, you do things really, really well. And you brought a really great sort of tone and voice to elevation stuff, but also to your own work. So I'm thankful for your creative voice in the CCM world. It's, it's been good, a fresh, a breath of air, I think. So um, man, thank you for all that you thanks do. Thanks so much, Drew. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. And thanks for having me today. This is a lot of fun. Ah, that was refreshing. 
Very, very Wasn't good. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's Mac. Great way to kick off the new year, uh, you know, talking about everything from his writing philosophy to, uh, you know, getting into that a little dialogue about fostering, which is yeah, totally. something uh, that's a new thing for him and his family, which is great to see. And then, of course, you bringing up Millie Vanilli. Thank you very yeah, much yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I enjoy talking about, like, uh, being a church artist versus being a solo artist, um, sort of like that tension and just hearing more of the stories about you know, how leaving Elevation and what that meant for him. And yeah, this has been a really great convo. I don't no, I thought I thought you were really getting into those worship fails. I, I was, I was, I was, <laughs> I totally was. Mac Brock on Between the Grooves. All right, everybody, make sure you check out Mac Brock's website, macbrock.com, to find all the links and all the info for music, events, and social media. Hit that guy up. It is time now for artist advice, and today we hear from Justin Tweedo. One piece of advice that I would give to um, to Christian artists or worship leaders is to, uh, to to point people to the majesty of Jesus and, and don't point people to yourself because you can't bear the weight of, of glory that, uh, that Jesus deserves and it'll just lead you to heartbreak. Strong and true words from Mr. Justin Tweedo, huh? Yeah. You know, it, I, I suppose from an artist's perspective, uh, it's it could be very easy to get just um, overwhelmed and engrossed in, uh, you know, your social media profile, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, your, yeah. your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, and getting people to know who you are mm-hmm. uh, to, to get them to buy your music because it's your livelihood, right? Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when that is where all your energy is focused and you're not spending time in the word and spending time you know, promoting Jesus in all of this, then I could see that being very, very relevant, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. I remember uh, one of my first worship leader sort of jobs that I had, um, one of the pastors came up to me and said, one of your gifts um, as a leader is that you are completely transparent on stage. And I was like, oh, I mean, like open and vulnerable? He's like, no, no, no. Like, we don't see you. We oh, see Jesus. Right, right. And I was like, oh, I, 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 that's not where that, I thought you were going. Huge, that's a but huge compliment. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the goal as artists, especially if you are a worship artist. I think that's the goal. That's what we want to do. If you are kind of where I'm at now, more of a singer-songwriter artist, that's where the beauty part of our art comes in, is finding ways to creatively point people, lead people to the divine, to Christ, to all that he has to offer for us. And I think that should always be front and center in terms of how we communicate, what we do, uh, how, even in our social media, how can we do that in a really cool way? On, we, we need to promote ourselves. we got to yeah. sell ourselves. On stage, on stage, I would, I would suggest that it's actually easier. Yeah, totally. Versus when you're not on stage, when you're not in the public eye as much and you're trying to get in the public this eye. This is it. Right? Because, exactly. Because then perhaps people would have the wrong perspective of why you're doing what you're doing. Right? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, follow me as I follow Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There so, it is. Yeah. Great words from Woo. Justin Tweedo. Appreciate him yeah, uh, coming back to uh, give us artist advice this week. And that is it for our first episode for 2021. Wow. Can you believe that? We've only been doing this, what, three years? Something like that? Yeah. Come on. 
It's only been three years. Well, we're into episode 100 and blah, 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 right now. Yeah. Like We're getting <laughs> exactly. close to episode 200. Let's yeah, put it that are. way. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. Thrilled to have Mac Brock on today's episode. What a privilege for him to be a part of Between the Grooves. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. Leave us a rating and a review. Help us reach more people. And if you are on social media, and you probably are, let's face it, come on now, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. We would love to connect with you, chat with you, and you can give us some ideas for shows. Who knows? Maybe we can interview someone like uh, Michael W. Smith. Sure. Or Toby Mac. As long as the as long as the idea is not interview me, interview me, right? As in you, J.K. No, no, I'm talking about <laughs> I know. the guy that's <laughs> yeah. un- unless you got something to talk about that's worth. I mean, right? That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll put I'll put that up there. Interview me, interview me. See what so, happens. I get it. No, we we did that way back in the beginning. Where we really? interviewed each, each oh, other. Yeah, that's right. You interviewed yeah, that's me right. one day, and I interviewed you. That's right. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, we could do that again. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. a little yeah. update. That'd be good. Yeah. What have you been up to? Next time. Shall, shall we start? Shall we start it right now? No, 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 no. That'll be a. God, that'll be to come. Be boring as. Yeah. <laughs> After Mac Brock, you just can't. You can't you know, do that. That's right. <laughs> can't bring the bar that low so fast. Right. Well, there's that music again. Thank uh, God. Yeah, it's Travis's uh, hint to us. Shut up already! <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink my coffee. My hands are shaking. <laughs> <laughs>